Hey everyone, before we get to the show, just want to make a quick announcement. If you haven't heard, last week we made the decision to go ahead and cancel the remainder of our 2020 in-person events. Those are our workshops and our gatherings. We're incredibly sorry to do that, but the way this year has gone, we just um, we don't want to add a burden to you uh, trying to get to another event because we know you're incredibly busy. And then there's just this air of uncertainty of not really knowing what each day is going to bring. We do plan to be back in 2021 uh, with a new fresh slate of events. And uh, we'll have that stuff posted towards the end of the year. But don't worry, we're going to stay uh, with you through the podcast feed, through our newsletter. And I will try to create some special content for you uh, throughout the rest of the year as well. You can always stay up to date at createinitiative.org. We announced a couple weeks ago that the traditional podcast is taking a break through the rest of July, but we wanted to keep this feed alive and well. And so today we want to air our March 2020 gathering, The Practice of Pace. This gathering was moved online because of the beginning of the pandemic in America. And uh, truthfully, we thought it was very relevant then. And now here we are four months later and it feels just as relevant today. We're busy. We're tired, we're being pulled in so many directions. It's important that we understand the practice of pace. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Tonight, what we're going to focus on is understanding how to live a life that is unhurried. You may have seen the theme for tonight is the practice of pace, and it's all about living an unhurried life because in America especially, we've we've devoted ourselves to working hard. We've devoted ourselves to uh, really working all the time. And when you really look at scripture and kind of the way Jesus lived his life, that's not exactly the way maybe God intended us to live. So uh, I'd really like to talk about that tonight. And uh, we'll just take a few moments. But um, if you would, just just really settle in. Make sure you're watching this where you're comfortable. If you've got a pen and paper, uh, grab it. If you have a journal or anything like that, or if you use your phone to keep notes or or, or things like that, I encourage you to grab it uh, because of what we're going to talk about here in these next few minutes. And here's the deal. We do live in a busy world. We live in a world of hurry. And really, we could always say we're busy. How many times have you had a conversation with somebody and said, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. Just really busy. I mean, if you really think about it, you've probably had that conversation quite a bit. I know I have. I've had that conversation countless times in a day to the point where I've even started trying to tell myself, don't say I'm busy. Just say, hey, things are great or hey, things are going okay, but leave out the busy part because we live in a world where we could probably all say that we're busy. Um, we, We always live in a hurry. We always 
tend to find ourselves living in a situation where we're always on the go. There's always one thing to do, and right after that, there's another thing and another thing. And this is this is an epidemic. This is something that is it's in all of our lives, and it's impacting all our lives. In fact, an idea originated in the 1950s, so this isn't even something new, but this idea called hurry sickness. And hurry sickness is a behavioral pattern characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness. Think about yourself for a moment. Would you feel like you ever find yourself having a pattern of continual rushing and anxiousness? This probably reached critical mass in 2007 with the invention of something called the iPhone, right? Once smartphones became a thing, we saw the critical mass of our attention spans decrease. We saw the critical mass of the world's knowledge increase. We also saw the critical mass of our hurried lives just just shoot to the moon. Some of the symptoms of hurry sickness are irritability, hypersensitivity, restlessness, workaholism, or that could also be called nonstop activity, emotional numbness, out-of-order priorities, lack of care for your body, escapist behavior, slippage of spiritual disciplines, and isolation. Think about that for a second. Do you, do you fall prey to, to any of those things? Are there any of those things that you might would say, you know, I, I do find myself more irritable or I've let my body go. I don't take care of my body the way that I should because I just don't have time. I don't have time to go to the gym or I don't have time to go for a, a jog around my neighborhood. We just don't have the time. And when you look at that slippage of spiritual disciplines, you know, we, we want to often talk about spending time with Jesus, but sometimes I wonder if we've got the time to do that. So tonight I ask, what is the solution to our hurried lives? What is the solution to living a life that is so busy? And I've got news for you. The solution to our busyness is not more time. It's not more time because we always think if I had more time, I could have got this done or I could have done that. Well, a a wise man once told me that everybody has the same amount of time every day. Everybody is given 24 hours a day. Every day, everybody is given seven days a week. And it's what we do with the time that impacts the way we live our life. And so the answer to our busyness is not more time. It's not, well, if I, if I, I, I would be less busy if I had more time in the day to do things. Well, the answer to our busyness comes from Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 11 Verses 28 through 30, this is a common scripture you've probably heard, but it says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Another way of saying this is out of the message, the message paraphrase, Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. The way of Jesus is a way of life. And Jesus begs us and he urges us to live the way he did. You know, the way of Jesus is full of work, but it's unbusy and it's unhurried. 
the way of Jesus is work, but he said his yoke is light. The yoke is easy. The burden is light. You know, a lot of these concepts and these ideas I've got out of a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And I highly encourage you to read it. Uh, just get it now. Order it now. Uh, it's a great book, and, and it'll really impact the way you view how you spend your life. But one thing he talks about is how Jesus, although he was busy, was never in a hurry. And it seemed like he always had time to definitely get away. He had time to go into solitude and to pray and things like that. Uh, he had he had time to... Uh, he, he just never got in a hurry. It, there's the, the story of the man coming needing healing for a child, and Jesus is like, well, take me to them. And while they're on their way, a woman touches Jesus' robe, and she's healed, and there's this all the commotion, all the stop. Can you imagine that man whose child needs healing? He's probably like, hurry up, Jesus, hurry up, Jesus, hurry up, Jesus. And Jesus just took his time, and things worked out. And sometimes we just need to learn to take our times. Walter Adams said this, to walk with Jesus is to walk with a slow, unhurried pace. Hurry is the death of prayer and only impedes and spoils our work. It never advances it. God never intended us to live in a hurry. He intended us to work, to cultivate and build, yes, but he intended us to do it in a way that was in the natural process of life. He intended to, he never intended for us to live lives of busyness. So my question tonight is why are you living a hurried life? Tonight, I'd like to challenge you to a life of slowness. So what would a life of slowness look like? First of all, a life of slowness is a life devoted to following Jesus. Can I ask you how your spiritual life looks? Can I ask you, have you devoted time to Jesus that you religiously stick to? And I, I use the word religiously in the truest sense. Do you have time every day that you devote to Jesus that nothing can get in the way of that? Because one of the ways you can learn to, to live a life of pace and a life that is unhurried is to make sure that you spend time with Jesus. Because when you read the words of Jesus... And if you seek to live them out, you'll notice that it takes time to live the way Jesus wanted us to. It takes time to love people. You can't love somebody in a hurry. It takes time to build those relationships. And it takes time to build relationships with Jesus. So how does your devotional life with Jesus look? Is it hurried? Like, do you say, well, I spend time reading the word or I spend time in prayer, but it's like while I'm brushing my teeth, while I'm shaving, while I'm showering, while I'm doing all these things, that's when I'm spending time with Jesus. Or do you actually devote a time in your day when nothing can separate you from a relationship with him? Now, a super practical way to live a life of slowness is to learn how to live without your phone. I know, I know we're on, we're on dangerous ground and I'm not saying everybody has a problem with, with an addiction to their phone, but I know every one of us look at our phones probably more now than we did eight to 10 years ago. Like the, the reliance on our mobile devices on those smartphones is so much higher now than it was eight or 10 years ago. And so we just need to, to consider what it might be like to live without our phones. And I know like the first thought that might pop into my head is how is this even possible? Well, start small. Start by removing all the apps on your phone that you, you don't use or that they don't help you achieve success in the day. 
So what are the apps that you've got on your phone because you download it once for one specific thing and then you haven't used it again in six months? Just get it off your phone. Clean up your phone's home screen and, and you'll find there's re- less reliance and less need to, to, to go to it. What if you moved all your social media accounts onto a computer and took them off your phone? And the only way you could view social media was to look through a web browser. Uh, for, for some, I know that are listening, your social media coordinator, it's, it's like next to impossible and that's okay. I mean, the Lord wants us to do our job, but even with the idea of moving it to a web browser, uh, maybe tell yourself, I'll only look at my accounts, my personal accounts, or look at my friend's stuff through a web browser, because that takes effort to open up a computer or to go to a desktop space or something like that. But what if you took all your social media off of your phone? Do you have a day off? I hope you do. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But on your day off, why don't you turn your phone off? Or at the very least, put it to do not disturb and only allow the emergency contacts that you, you, you have to, to, to ring through or to text through. But I encourage you to turn it off at least for a, a block of hours in a day that is your day off. Don't be distracted by it. Just don't even worry about it because you'll notice two things. One is you don't get, you don't get bothered by people who are just sending random text messages or whatever. That's the first thing you'll notice. The second thing you'll notice is, is you'll find out real quick if you have an addiction to your phone because you'll keep wanting to check it. But if it's off, the effort it takes to turn it back on and to wait for your phone to cycle up, you'll realize I don't even need to take the time to cycle my phone up. So turn your phone off when it's your day off. And one thing that I might encourage you to do is not even touch your phone or look at it until you've spent time with God. So in the morning when you get up, spend time with the Lord reading, praying, whatever it is, but don't even look at your phone until that time. So another thing we can do to slow down our life is set a specific time for email. This may be easier for some. For me, this is super difficult because I'm the type of person, I like a clean inbox. And so when I see that little one icon, I check it and I deal with it and I move it on. Like I I don't want any unread messages in my inbox. But what I'm trying to teach myself is if I will just schedule times to check email, I can get a lot more work done whenever uh, I'm not worried about email. So I'll check it once in the morning, I'll check it right after lunch, and then I'll check it right before I leave work for the day. And I'll shut my email down during the times when I'm not checking it so that I'm not even distracted by it. So that's one way, another way we can slow down. So uh, another tip is to single task. John Mark Comer says that multitasking is a myth. And you'd be surprised on what you can accomplish if you'll focus on one thing at a time. And again, phones have made this difficult. Computers have made this difficult because you may have 30 tabs open on your Google Chrome web browser. But what if we single tasked? What if we focused on one thing at a time? So just a couple more things here that are, that are real practical. And the first one is walk or drive slower. Uh, I have a tendency to walk as fast as I can to get where I need to go. And I'm having to train myself to just, to just enjoy getting to the destination. And while driving, I, I, I'm definitely not a, a, a speed demon. I'm, I'm not one who tries to blow past the speed limits or anything like that. But I've tried to teach myself that it's okay to just, just enjoy the drive, enjoy the journey as I get to the destination. Sometimes we're so, so caught up in getting to the destination that we miss what's happening in the in-between. We might miss the things that God is trying to show us. 
And the last thing in living a life of slowness is to take a day off. And I mean that. And I know, especially in this time right now, you know, when, when this idea of, of pace came along, it was all really built around Easter. Because as creatives, we knew everything was building towards Easter Sunday. Well, now the world has thrown an entire curveball to us. And it's even more important in my mind that we learn how to pace ourselves in this time. Because I'm sure you've got pastors and leaders who are saying, we need to get this up. We need this content. We need this. We need this. We need this. And what's weird is you may be forced to work from home, but you may be spending more hours working now than you were whenever you could go to the office. And with that in mind, I encourage you so much to take a day off. And when I say off, I mean a day away from your phone, away from your email, away from doing any work that is work. Now, as creatives, if you want to design something or if you're working on a side project and it brings you life to work on those things, that's fine. Do it on your day off and enjoy it. But don't do any work really take that day off. A day of rest is more than not going into the office. A day of rest is doing that. It's resting. And it's not feeling bad about resting. It's learning that you can take your time and enjoy your breakfast and enjoy a company with your, with your wife or your husband. It's okay to take that time and it's okay to take a day off because here's the thing that I'm learning is you can afford to take a day off. You may feel the pressure of your entire church on your shoulders, especially now because it's the online world. You may feel that pressure and you may feel that stress, but I'm telling you, you can afford to take a day off. Slow down. Slow down your life. Slow way down. I want to read this to you again. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, the yoke is what oxen wear on their shoulders whenever they're pulling something, a plow or a wagon or something like that. So a yoke, by definition, is intended to be work. It's not intended to be rest. It's, it's intended to be a burden. But the yoke that Jesus talks about is different because if you really look at the words of Jesus, pretty much everything he says is different than what the world would tell us. You know, he, he has an economy that is, is flipped on its side and the kingdom of God is, is different than the kingdom of man. But Frederick Del Bruner says this about the yoke of Jesus. A yoke is a work instrument. This, when Jesus offers the yoke, he offers what we might think tired workers need least. They need a mattress or a vacation, not a yoke. But Jesus realizes that the most restful gift he can give the tired is a new way to carry life, a fresh way to bear responsibilities. Realism sees that life is a succession of burdens. We cannot get away from them. Thus, instead of offering escape, Jesus offers equipment. Jesus means that obedience to his Sermon on the Mount, his yoke, will develop us a balance and a way of carrying life that will give more rest than the way we have been living. Jesus' yoke is so, so strange to think about. But if we will live the way of Jesus, the yoke he gives us will actually enable us to rest and enable us to live a life that is light from heavy burdens. And that's my prayer for you tonight, that you learn how to live life at a pace that is unhurried. 
that you learn how to live life right now in this moment when hours are stacking upon each other and the work just seems to pile on. May you find a way to rest and not feel the burden of a heavy yoke. So right now, I asked you to get a pen and paper or note-taking device, a journal, whatever it is. Right now, we're going to spend a few moments, and I want you to think about this. I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to take a moment, consider it, pray about this question, and then I would like for you to write down your answer. And that question is, why are you living a hurried life? As you've considered that answer, I have one more question for you as we close. And that question is, how can you practice a life of pace? As we conclude tonight, do you mind if I pray for you? Please, don't misunderstand me. I know we have a lot of work to do. And I know so many times the, the, the online world and the digital world for our church does rest on our shoulders or on our team's shoulders. But that doesn't mean we can't rest. It doesn't mean we shouldn't live a slow-paced life like Jesus did. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't spend more time devoted to, to understanding the words of Jesus than to trying to tell people about Jesus. And I know that sounds weird, but we have to understand what Jesus is really trying to say. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your glory and your mercy. Lord, we thank you that in you we can live lives that although the yoke is there, it is easy and the burden is light. So many times we, we carry around a yoke that has so many undue burdens, the pressures of success, the pressures of church, the pressures of finance, whatever it is, Lord, we, we, we work, 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 work just so we can try to relieve that pressure. But all the while you're saying, if you will just follow me, I will take that pressure off you. You will actually get more work done by doing less Father, may we see that, may we understand it, and may our work abound and glorify you in ways that we never thought imaginable, simply by slowing down and seeing you. We love you, Lord. We praise you, and we thank you. Amen. Amen.